Thank you for listening to the Alan Wright Sermons Podcast. I'm his son, Matthew, and we have been splitting up the sermons every other week at our house church that my wife and I host on our farm. If you're interested in joining us, check out wrightfarmhousechurch.com. Enjoy today's lesson. But, uh, so today we're, we're, I sent out the text, we're going to be in, in 1 Samuel chapter 29, and we're going to look at an interesting story and hopefully learn an important and valuable lesson from it. <clears throat> most of us, I think most of us prefer to see uh, God at work in our life in a way that is, is really visible, um, in a way that we can directly attribute it to Him. Um, we can say in those instances, of course God did that, of course uh, He was at work in that instance, and only, only He could have done that in my life. And, and yet that's not how God works most of the time. And most of the time he works in our life through normal and ordinary circumstances. For, for example, Jesus teaches us in Matthew 6, Jesus teaches us to pray for our daily bread. But then what do we do? We, we also go to work. So how did our daily bread get provided for us? Was it through a paycheck provided through our through our doing a job, or was it Jesus who did that? Well, the answer is both. The answer is both. The answer is that God worked through ordinary circumstances to provide for us. So there's a story in in 1 Samuel that starts, it actually starts in chapter 27, we were saying, but it, it concludes in chapter 29. And in these chapters and in this story, God is nowhere to be found. He is missing in action. Or is he? Here's a brief recap of, of our story. Um, David has been on the run from Saul, and he is, he is just wiped out and exhausted. So he decides he's going to go over and try living where? He's going to go try and live in the land of the Philistines. Now, remember this, that Israel, the, the Philistines were Israel's enemies, right? And, and when Saul hears that, uh, that David has gone over to the Philistine side, he... He just calls off the kind of the, he calls off the search parties for David, uh, and there's a Philistine leader whose name is Achish, and he lets David and his family and all of his fighting men um, go live in a city named Ziklag. That would be a fun city to live in. I live over in Ziklag. And I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. That's fine. Uh, but that's how I'm going to pronounce it. <laughs> so while they're in this city. David and his men, they go out and they fight these renegade tribes. Uh, and when Achish asks him, what is he doing? David lies and says, we're, we're fighting against the Israelites. So Achish is deceived into putting his, his confidence into, in David's loyalty. And, and Achish thinks that David has left Israel altogether and is now on the Philistine side. So in, in chapter 27 of verse 12, it says, And Achish trusted David, thinking he has made himself an utter stench to his people Israel. Therefore, he shall always be my servant. But, but now it gets tricky, because in chapter 29, all the Philistine generals, they decide that, hey, we're going to go to war against Israel. And Achish expects David to join him in the battle. Um, and we need to remember now, that David has been anointed the king of Israel already. He's been anointed. So how exactly 
is he going to go to war to fight against the people that he hopes to lead someday someday in the future when all the philistine soldiers start to march into battle david and his men are just kind of following behind achish and i wonder if they hadn't started to wonder what kind of pickle they've gotten themselves into they're just they're just kind of falling behind uh, uh achish about to go to war against the israelites but <coughs> excuse me but let's see what happens here so so they, they joined this military procession that was heading into war against the Israelites, which is their own people, like we've said. It's this, the people that they love. But when the Philistine generals, they, when they saw David, they became angry at Achish. And they told him uh, that they didn't trust David, right? They had heard this song. We, we, we read this song a couple, few chapters ago, where they said, there's this song that says, Saul killed thousands but david has killed his tens of thousands in battle and they're looking at david like what in the world is he you know so in their mind david and saul are linked together in this story and 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 they're both they're both fighting for the israelites in their mind they're both good at being war generals so these philistine generals are afraid that when when they go out into battle that david is going to turn on them and help help out the Israelites. So in chapter 29, starting in verse 6, it says, Then Achish called David and said to him, As the Lord lives, you have been honest. And to me it seems right that you should march out and in with me in the campaign, for I have found nothing wrong in you from the day of your coming to me to this day. Nevertheless, the lords do not approve of you. So go back now and go peaceably, that you may not displease the lords of the Philistines. So do you just see what happened here? David was in this predicament where he had to fight for the Philistines, but he couldn't fight against his own people. So what is he supposed to do? What's going to happen? Does, does God miraculously provide? Does God intervene? Does God send lightning from the sky? No. No, instead what God does is the Philistine generals reject David's help and have him sent away from from the fight and thereby protecting David. Where is God when all of this is happening? Well, he's not mentioned in any of these chapters. So, so what are we supposed to conclude? That God is, is busy somewhere else? <clears throat> that he was taking a nap somewhere? Not at all. Not at all. What is happening here is that the author not mentioning God is a literary technique, and, and the author is actually pointing out that through this literary technique to say that God was behind all of this. God was working in and through the normal course of events. He was working in and through the Philistine generals to protect David. And here's the point for us in this story. Just because God is not visible to you does not mean he is not working on your behalf. Just because you don't see God somehow miraculously provide a good job for you or miraculously reconcile a relationship with you uh, doesn't mean he's not there every step of the way. Uh, just because you don't see God working in your normal everyday life does not mean he's not there. He is, he is always present. He is always working on on your behalf, in the big things and, and in the small things, in the things where it's obvious and visible, but also in the things that are behind the scenes, that are invisible to the human eye, things that are only visible by faith, 
right? The entire book of Esther never mentions God. It, it doesn't mention sacrifices or prayer or all of the things that you would expect a book of the Bible to talk about. God is never mentioned in the book of Esther. And yet, that doesn't mean that God was not at work, right? It means that he was behind all of the normal events that happen. The book of Esther is a fascinating book with a story about how God spared his people, right? And, and protected his people from mass slaughter. He didn't do this through obvious and, and direct intervention, but he did it by working behind the scenes through the normal and ordinary things of life to protect his people. God can, can work in a way that we know it's him and only him, but often God works silently to meet our needs. So I have a story. I'm going to tell you a story, Marilyn, to illustrate this, okay? There's a very, there was this very religious man. He, he was caught in a flood, and the flood waters were rising. So he climbs up on the top of his house, Okay, climbs up on the top of his house and he prays and he says, God, I'm just going to trust you to rescue me. So a neighbor, uh, a neighbor comes by, floating by in a canoe, right? And, and he says, hey, the, wa the waters are rising. Hop into the canoe with me and, and we'll paddle to safety. And the religious man says, oh, no, no, thanks. I'm a very religious man and I have prayed to God and he'll save me a short time from now. I'm convinced of it. So then the police come by whoop, 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 in a big old police boat and, and they say, look, hey, the waters are rising. They're rising real quick. You need to get into the boat and, and we'll take you to safety. And, and the religious man says, no, thank you. No, thank you. I, I have prayed to God and said that and, and he said that he will save me in a little while. Right. So later, the waters still keep rising. And, and I mean, they're up to his feet and a helicopter comes flying by. That was probably me in the helicopter in an Apache. And they drop down a rope ladder, right? And they say, look, hey, the waters are, are soon. They're going to overtake you. You need to climb up this rope ladder and we'll fly you to safety. And he says, no, thank you. Hey, I'm a very religious man. I pray God is going to save me from, from this. And the waters, the floodwaters continue to rise until they reach the roof. And the re religious man, he drowns, right? So he gets to heaven and he demands an audience with God. He's upset. And he says he is ushered into God's throne room. And, and he says, Lord, why am I here in heaven? I prayed for you to save me. I trusted you to save me from that flood. And the Lord answered, answers him and he says, yes, you did, my child. You did pray for that. And I sent you a canoe and I sent you a police boat and I sent you a helicopter. But you never got in, right? So do you see the point? It's pretty obvious. We pray for our daily bread, and yet we still go to work, okay? How does God provide? Well, most of the time, God provides through our jobs with our food. How, how was God answering this guy's prayer uh, to save him from the flood? He was answering it by sending a canoe and a police boat and a helicopter. But this guy wanted something spectacular to happen, right? If we're always looking for the extraordinary in life, we're going to miss the everyday movement of God's hand, of God's invisible hand. As we go through life, we're often burdened and we're stressed by the difficulties that we face, and we cry out for a miracle, but when we open our eyes, the burden is still there. 
the marriage is, is, is still hard sometimes. The finances are still a struggle. There's still this unease regarding whatever certain situation that you're in. It's still there. And there's no grand miracle, no angel showing up in bright light, no chariot that comes from heaven and wipes away your enemies like sometimes we want him to. And then we wonder, where is God and why hasn't he answered my prayers? But in those moments, don't mistake God's invisible hand working behind the scenes, okay? Working in ordinary ways, working through friendships, working through sought-out counseling, working through a job. Uh, don't mistake God's ordinary working as God not working at all. Sometimes God works through a small group like this that you're in to encourage you to help your faith. Help your faith. Maybe that's what it means to say that we walk by faith and not by sight. I can see God's hand at work when he splits the seas and when, he, when, when Goliaths fall. I can see God's hand directly there. But my faith is really put to the test when it's not so apparent. Do I trust God? Do I, do I believe that God is still at work even when I can't see him? Will I bring myself to action on my part and not just sit around and wait for the apparent miracle. If God is calling you to, to move and become active in his kingdom, and I promise you he is, he's calling all of us to move and be active in his kingdom, then we need to get to work and, and just trust that what seems ordinary has God's hand behind it all the way. Thank you for listening to the Alan Wright Sermons podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. God bless you and have a wonderful week.